Welcome to M Pavilion, uh, Womanjeka. We like to uh, and uh, gratefully acknowledge that this is the land of the Bunurong people and that um, issues with land rights still exist today. Um, and we pay our respects to any elders or Aboriginal people that are here tonight. Uh, my name is Jessie French. I'm the Deputy Creative Director of M Pavilion. Thank you for coming out on this chilly night. We have blankets and ponchos if you feel cold. Um, this talk is presented in partnership with Melbourne Festival and CCP. Um, and I'm going to hand over to Naomi Cass, who is the director of CCP, to introduce the rest and get us started. Thank you. I too would like to acknowledge, um, I don't think there would be any members of the Kulin Nation out tonight. I think they're all very sensible um, at home where it's warm. We're not sensible. <laughs> No, we are very sensible and we're very pleased to be here. So thank you to M Pavilion and particularly thank you to Annabelle Lacroix at the Melbourne Festival and thank you people for being here. So it's very good that reality is impinging upon us, that we can really feel ourselves in our bodies in this space because what tonight is about is an idea of attending to the real. And we're going to be hearing from Sonia Lieber and David Chesworth. Um, and this evening we're going to have a conversation in four chapters. Um, it's a very small group. So I think if people have, we're going to wait for questions at the end of each chapter, but I think if people feel uh, moved to speak I think that's a fine thing. Uh, but just to let you know, we're going to shift between four conversations and draw ideas across uh, through those four. The first is um, <clears throat> the idea of the studio. And uh, firstly, we're going to be talking about residencies. Secondly, the studio and the idea of the studio in the street with communal and public space. The third area we're going to attend to is to think about the real through still records, still images, moving images, the cinematic and the sonic document. An idea of thinking about the differences between how those recording devices attend to the world. And lastly, I'm going to be asking uh, Sonia and David to talk about some of the things that, that they are looking for in the final piece, a sense of what works and what doesn't work, what makes something a mere document or a recording, and what makes it a work of art. <clears throat> Sonia and David, um, I'm thinking that most people here know uh, about Sonia and David's work and that I probably don't have to do a big introduction. But I should say that they work across video, photography, sound and installation art. And you would be familiar with exhibitions, solo exhibitions at Fihili Contemporary, um, uh, Mona Foma in Hobart, Pika or Perth Institute of Contemporary Arts, Acker a huge and marvellous show at Acker. Group exhibitions include Borders, Barriers, Walls at Monash University Museum of Art. 
um, Substation Contemporary Art Prize, the 56th Venice Biennale in Venice, um, and the 19th Biennale of Sydney, um, and National Gallery of Victoria, Gold Coast Prizes. But the best thing to say about their biography is that they have a really fantastic website that has um, everything. It's a really good website. Thank you. Anna. I don't know who's responsible for that, I'm assuming. <laughs> Both of us. Both of you. So Sonia and David are exhibiting at CCP in an exhibition that we're doing as part of the Melbourne Festival. It's entitled uh, The Documentary Take, which is, sits alongside an exhibition curated by David Campany entitled Walker Evans, the magazine work. Both those shows close, if you haven't seen them yet, on November the 13th. The two works that we are exhibiting are We Are Printers 2. This is a large-scale, high-definition video set in the former age newspaper headquarters in Melbourne. And Time Mirror, a work that hasn't been seen before, and it presents a scene of cinematic consciousness and it's a group of people in, in very British fashion waiting patiently in the stairwell to be let into the underground railway. So both of these works um, do take in the world in some way, due not just in, uh, to the indexicality of the camera, not just because the camera is recording things in the world, but also through the way these artists um, have an interest in and an engagement with the world. I'm interested in how aspects of documentary practice seeps into the work of contemporary artists. I would hazard a guess that Sonia and David haven't been sitting around thinking about Walker Evans at all. Um, we might talk about that later. So what let's hear from them about the kinds of things they indeed have been thinking about and to focus on their research activities firstly and how the studio performs when one is on a residency. So um, can we ask you to tell us about some of how you have used residencies as a way of making work and whether you seek out a residency because there is something that you want to say? Hello, I'm just getting used to the microphone here. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you've said a very special word for us, residencies. That's, it, it's always very terrific when you get offered the opportunity to go somewhere and make wor work and have a singular focus rather than live your life in, in your hometown where you, you, your mind's going in ten different directions at once. On a residency, you're, you have a singular focus. This image... Uh, comes out of a residency we did in Russia. And for us, stepping outside the door every day was a rather unique event. We weren't in a city like Moscow or St. Petersburg. We were in a city down south uh, that's rarely visited by anyone non-Russian speaking. And 
that scene you see was literally something we encountered uh, just a few kilometres from where we were staying. It was illegal swimming pool, people doing very um, non-safe activities. But with, with, with us there, we found a, a kind of a ready-made performance. And for us, it was a case of going back again and again and trying to find just the moments where everything kind of cohered in a particular way. So, it, so rather than choreographing each individual, as some people might do, there, there was um, more, more a case of just finding the right day uh, and, and, and the right sequence unfolding before our eyes to capture. So Did that's just to, to introduce a, a, a thing that does happen on residencies. Did you pick that place to go to or is that an existing residency that you applied for? Um, it was not an existing residency. Um, it, it was kind of strange how it came about. Um, it's one of these great things where you, we were doing a, uh, a performance work and um, one of those great uh, occasions when a curator from Russia <laughs> saw the work and said, can you do something like that for us in Russia? And uh, six months later, we were there. And uh, there wasn't an official residency. It was kind of promised by a, an oligarch, a, a small oligarch from Rostov-on-Don, who was going to foot the bill. And uh, until just before we left, and uh, where we, we got funding from Australia side, and we got uh, funding promised from Russian side. And of course, uh, just before we left, we were told that uh, Yevgeny doesn't want to pay the money. So um, we had to uh, consider our situation and uh, we ended up going anyway with only half the funding, um, but uh, we were really pleased that we did. Um, yeah, I'd say it was just more, more of a case of trying to make it work and things were not very expensive in Russia. So, no. uh, <clears throat> we, you know, the, the, it's really a matter of like getting there and having a, a, a stable um, situation. There, were, there, were, there was an... Uh, there was a new kind of space for Russia that had opened up, this kind of cooperative co-working space, which was very new for the city, and they were really helpful for us, and they provided an endless connection to a whole lot of young interpreters, and that was like a real key for us, like people willing to sort of accompany us and explore so possible spaces. How long were you there for? Uh, three months. Uh, three months was the um, duration, and we decided to make the work while we were there, like get it done, get yeah, it shot, so we, we get it a, finished. A showing of it at the uh, Moscow um, Biennale, a satellite project, so we, we had a deadline uh, uh, to work to. Um, I was going to say about, I mean, we haven't had many residencies actually, we just happen to be very productive when we, when we do uh, go on them, but a residency just means, you know, going somewhere else and that whole business of a change is as good as a holiday and all that, so you, you see the world completely differently um, outside of your uh, town, as Sonia said, but also you see, you come into a world and um, see it differently to the inhabitants of Rostov-on-Don. And um, Rostov was uh, just uh, in between um, the old guard who were still pining after communism and there were a lot of kind of people really wanting to bring that back versus this really rugged um, neo 
sort of liberal, sort of capitalist, sort of um, exploitative scene where uh, a lot of uh, people were getting rich and a lot of people were incredibly poor. Um, and we kind of um, come in and, and see, we see things, we see structures, we hear things, we don't understand the language and so we have to rely on a lot of interpreters. But it's just very, it's just curious that, you know, you, you do see an arrangement of, of objects that you film and, and record that the locals might just be so used to, they don't realise that what they might, their procedures are kind of really interesting for us. And um, so they allowed us into a lot of uh, interesting locations. Um, and I, I remember when we played this work in, Russia, in, in Moscow, they were amazed as, um, as to... You know, they wondered where a lot of these images had come from. Like, what's where, whereabouts in Russia does uh, do these things happen? Um, I remember, if I may interrupt, that having a conversation with Dale Frank a long, long 20, 30 years ago, and he was talking about how he's getting on a plane. He was going to go to Italy, and then he was getting on a plane, and he and it, he talked about this kind of Peter Stuyvesant world of touring mm -hmm. all around the world. And I asked him about whether any of the places he goes seeps into his practice, but of course not. It's, it was a very really? modernist... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was his studio was in yeah. his head and in his body and in his practice, and it didn't really... It was sort of irrelevant. We, it was irrelevant where he was. So... Can you tell me whether, I mean, you could have gone to this city in the south of Russia and done work about being in Australia, or why and why were you open to that world that was around you? Well, you have to let yourself be open to it because we, we were trying to understand it. Um, uh, and what, I guess uh, we also brought particular sort of learnt framings to it, if, that, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. a lot of what we film in, in, in Zalm Tractor um, are, seem to be a lot of uh, spaces that operate like performance spaces, like, like this um, uh, makeshift uh, swimming pool. And we found a lot of backdrops, um, sort of backdrops, and we we tended to have a, a performance in the in, in the front. And uh, when we when we sat back and, and and looked at what we did, this is kind of retrospectively. You go, oh look, there's a lot of sort of performance spaces that we that are kind of like amphitheaters, and we seem to have situated activities in front of that. And I might pick up on yeah, that, David. I mean, it's kind of interesting because we're in a civic space here that's a, a kind of a, a performance space in itself. Um, in, in, in Russia and in, in a lot of cities, uh, there are a lot of pu public cities that, that perform an idea, um, you know, a, an idea of power or this is more like an idea of community here. Uh, but in Russia, there, there are a lot of... Um, uh, buildings that would perform the new and the future and, and that would hark back to a, an earlier time in Russia where th there was a desire for uh, 
the future to un unfold in a way where you know machinery uh, and uh, modernity and uh, science could come together with the arts and create you know fabulous uh, you know ways of making spaces and you know there the, the, the was of course you know the, the desire for communism to form a new society and was well, collectivism collectivism and, and, and all of that there, there was a lot of about russia that was what is that was about the potential for change and and potential for potential for living new ways but, but of course we were there at the beginning of the 21st century and there was a whole 100 years of you know failure you know that that, that was embedded in in the spaces as well do you think it would be a good time to have a look at a little bit of the yes, work yes yeah. i think it'd be a great and just idea. before we play it uh, this this um is an excerpt it's a it's a half hour work and two screen two screen video work and um uh, but it's called zaum tractor zaum tractor and um the tractor refers to uh collectivism and sort of um and the, the Zaum is a term that uh, refers to fut uh, a Russian form of futurist poetry, which uh, means beyond sense, Zaum. And the futurist poets were trying to be, uh, find an individual kind of way of expressing themselves that was outside of the, uh, this is pre-communist times, but on the verge of communism, but they were so sick of Russian society's kind of um, hold on them that they, they invented this, uh, th this new kind of um, futurist poetry. And uh, so this, uh, the, this video has always been about the individual versus the, the collective. And I'm not sure whether you mentioned, but not, even the Russians don't understand Zaum because Zaum is beyond sense. It's about pure language, uh, the pure sound of the voice beyond the sense of language. Okay, it's such a fabulous work. Thank you very much. <clears throat> um, how did you find out about Zaum? 
No, that's 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 one of those things that once you find out, you think no, there was never a time that you never knew about Zalm. I really don't know how to answer that. Um, we, yeah. Well, I think we actually, uh, when we were invited to Russia, we did a lot of uh, research, and I think we came across it. Uh, uh, there's mm. a fabulous book by uh, an American uh, ex-Russian... Um, Jared Yanacek. Jared Yanacek. Yeah. Okay, and uh, uh, which has a lot of this um, material in it, and that became a great resource. Um, yeah. And so we've, the, we've always been really interested in the human voice and yeah. what you can do with the human voice beyond making sense ourselves. So, I, in a sense, we were interested in Zalm like before you, we even knew. You could have made it up. I mean, yeah. it is extraordinary. Yes. The practitioners there, are they um, performance poets? How do you bring people into your performative world? Well, yes, interesting. There are no practitioners of Zalm in Russia that we came across and no one had heard of it uh, because a lot of the early, you know, uh, arts pr just before, well, avant-garde arts at the time um, had been uh, forgotten and it's only being rediscovered um, sort of now in the, in the last, uh, you know, a decade or so, so people are kind of coming to terms um, with their history that, uh, that that was, you know, seen as, um, it, 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 well, you know, because a lot of this this uh, individualistic kind of Zaum utterances were, were suppressed in favour of, of of more inclusive sort of art forms like constructivism, and in in our work we actually contrast the two. So we we, we normally have Zaum performance taking place. In front of a constructivist building, just to just just which kind of um, helps to bring out possibly the, the, the you know the constructivist notion of um, um, a, a, an artwork or a Com thing that, that, that's brought together with ideas and objects and things uh, versus um, a kind of a, pre, a proto sort of utterance type yeah. performance. So if I could just. Um follow that by saying so you've got these people performing with their voice like trying to evacuate all meaning from what they're saying in front of these buildings that are screaming out that they're as one of them looks like a book in in, in that selection you just seen another building looks like a tractor because they you know that why, why not build it build a building in the shape of a tractor and make it the central theater space for your your city so so there's this kind of play with meaning and not meaning throughout the piece. Should play something else, maybe. Yes. Um, thank you. Can we... Oh, can Just before we leave this, can I ask who you're... Were you making this for any, any viewers in particular? Was there... Was this for Australians? Was this for Russians? Was yeah. it an international thing? We were actually asked to go and make a project in Russia about uh, the persecution of artists in Russia. Um, but we had to change the project because we were quite fearful <laughs> um, of uh, the situation for, uh, for ourselves. And plus, it was originally going to be a performance work and we modified it and it became a video work. But really... Um, but that, no. that was a suggestion on the part of the curator. And, yeah. And, of course, with residencies, it can go off in any direction because a lot of directions sort of 
don't kind of progress Although, in any kind yeah. of residency and you have to sort of find something that you that you can realistically make and you look at the resources that you have on the ground. I don't think we've ever done something that we thought we were going to make. Uh, we, it usually it takes a completely different direction, which is, my, which is fantastic. Can we move away from residencies into thinking about the studio and a beautiful comment Sonia made to me that because of all the recording devices that are relatively cheap and very accessible that in a way just being in the street turns by virtue of having this device with you that in a way an artist is always in their studio. Um, can we talk about communal and um, public spaces and where you are going out and finding subject matter rather than um, absorbing what's happening on a residency. So the work you've done with different communities um, or the work you did with CCP, We Are Printers too, where you've gone out and sought something. Do you want to speak about, and I'll, I'll line up the Which one? We Are Printers 2. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll talk about We Are Printers 2. Um, that was a, We Are Printers 2 is a work that was based on the uh, old age building in Flinders, in uh, Spencer Street. And um, uh, we came back from um, being away and um, realised that the building was, uh, you know, just being vacated by the age um, and was slated for demolition. And, uh, and basically... Um, Cutting a long story short, um, got uh, by speaking to lots of people, got access to the space, um, and um, when we saw what was inside, um, it, it just uh, became, you know, uh, uh, something that we really had to document, um, and because it seemed like the work uh, we could make in there. Had, had had you know th th there was so much physically in the space that uh, that we uh, found interesting to to film, and so we decided to film it and invite in uh, work with three uh, percussionists. And um, do we maybe play? Yeah, it? I hope. Oh, okay, okay. I had
It is a most miraculous work that if you haven't already seen, I um, hope that you come and have a look at the work at CCP or indeed uh, have a look at Sonia and David's website where there is a, a short um, selection. So, David, you said that you've had this desire to document a space and, and you moved into thinking about working with um, some percussion people moving through the space and it's clearly a very rich and complex piece. Can you, I mean, you're not documentary artists. You're not document, that's not a document of the space. It's something uh, much more ambitious and complex than that. Yet it is rooted in the space. It is, it grows from the document. Can you tell us something of the process of going into the space and how you move from there to the final piece? Sure. Um, the, we, well, the piece is assembled. Um, we, we, we shoot lots of things and we have an eye, you know, I guess Sonia might have a, a take on this, but we, we have lots of different ideas of things we want to do, like we thought drummers would be very interesting because a drum is a form of printing, a very early form of printing uh, because you're sort of making sound. Drums were used to pr proclaim beyond the body like, uh, like language does. Um, and a, a drum is also, uh, it could, could be used to flesh out the missing sound and um, the sonic energy of the space and, and uh, also there's a ceremonial aspect to it. So bringing the, the percussionists in gave us a whole lot of layers and I think um, rather than look at it in a documentary sense where uh, you're trying to, t I guess, arrange stories in a particular, you know, tell a particular, well, I shouldn't really start getting into what a, a documentary making because that's kind of very, very complicated. But it is, I think what we enjoy is 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 exploring uh, like different topologies within the, the making process so that the, uh, the, there's layers that can be peeled away or you could look at things in, in, in terms of, um, and, you know, look at an, uh, reinvigorating a space or kind of looking at our, um, technologies which are no longer necessary or how the age building used to be this monolithic sort of way of channeling information where it used to produce this, you know, newspaper that everyone used to buy. But now, you know, we are all printers too, in a sense, that we all kind of print away. Um, and, and make our own kind of connections and just how, how the way people communicate uh, has, uh, you know, is, is changing and moved on. That seemed, you know, and the, the age, the end of buildings like the age seem to mark a particular time where that could be visually witnessed, um, where a whole lot of people who had incredible skills to keep those machines going and um, there were all these kind of color codings of things where you could understand processes by, uh, um, uh, you, think, you know, things could be sectioned off in particular ways. Um, all, all this knowledge and um, uh, had uh, sort of just been uh, sort of turned off uh, as other forms of um, communication uh, sort of uh, took its place. Mm. Yeah, I would also add to that and say that we didn't want to get too hung up about revealing the space itself of the Age newspaper building. Because it was, it was very kind of uh, 
unanimated, it was empty, it was past its date where the, all the energies were happening. So we, we were trying to bring energy back into the space. So a curious thing that, that we ended up doing was um, going to uh, film some deaf blind people hand signing, which you saw a little um, section of in that. Because we're quite fascinated with the fact that despite um, having sight and, and or, sorry, despite being blind and despite being deaf, there are still ways of communicating and it's a tactile hand signing. And that gets introduced into the piece to show the urgency that we all have as humans to communicate. So, you know, from the log drum that David has been describing, you know, he holds the, dr the drum like that, uh, the gong, uh, moving the, the fingers on the individual letters of the linotype that presumably select out, you know, letters to form words that form paragraphs that form newspapers. There are all these different ways that we as humans try and communicate with each other. And of course, implicit in all this is, you know, where, where we are today with, with, you know, our communications today don't have that kind of material aspect and they don't have that, I mean, we, we think of today being as, you know, the great technological age, but, but in a way, the screens that we're interacting with are kind of very, very simple and we don't have to do much with them in order to communicate. Whereas back in the printing days, there was, there was type that had to be stacked, there was ink that had to be moved around, pa paper rolls that had to be delivered, you know, a whole lot of kind of material movements. Uh, yeah. So, and we we're interested in the kind of the sonic aspects of all that. So the kind of sound was a um, a lot of the sound and, and, and the visual things were was like a the sonic byproduct of communicating. So it was like the sounds and the activities that go on in the background whilst people are actually um, communicating. Yeah, and it's quite it's quite rich because it's not just working within that space. You've um, uh, <coughs> edited in other. Uh, places um, and made our understanding, you've led us to get an appreciation of, you've communicated a lot without any text, you know. Um, so how did you know what to fill in by going to other museums and photographing other kinds of machines? It's well, it was a it was a bit of a crazy project actually because we it, it there was a lot of work to be done to sort of capture a lot of this technology and and, and it was more a case of gathering a lot of material and doing a lot of work and a lot of the project comes together in the editing phase so that uh, uh, you know decisions can be made and it's also interesting not not to fill in too much too so you actually um, have to leave these sort of open open structures so so that people have have um, feel they can sort of spend some time in the in the shots and images and you know um, explore them themselves and I think that's what makes it quite well I won't, I won't compare it to documentary again I was getting into trouble but um I think not using uh, text, um, you know, it, it, it becomes much more uh, sort of a open, a, a open <coughs> poetic space. Yeah. And by having the work on a on a cycle, and having it repeated, and 
having the duration on the wall enables the viewer to locate themselves within this durational experience and to linger um, to see something again. It's, mm. it's in fact quite an active um, role that the viewer can have with this work. I yeah, think. well, one of the great things about showing work in a gallery is that you can really play with scale and uh, it, it, is, it is possible to actually make the viewer feel very much bodily connected to some of these spaces and so yeah I, I think it's always great to have works that um you know we, we can play with the scale like that just to present images that are not necessarily tied to the next image you know like so it doesn't have to make narrative sense so that uh, the viewer has has gets a store of images and they can kind of assemble things a little themselves. Mm. On, a, on account that it's really quite chilly, um, I think we will move, um, perhaps move a bit more quickly. Um, do, you th do you have the um, spirit at the moment to just think about the difference between how a camera um, records the world and... Um, when you're recording sound, are they, is there a similar sense of laying down and holding on to something? Do you feel that there are, is recording sound and recording image of equal meaning? I think they're both images in my mind. Um, and so, um, yeah. Um, it so that I, way, I guess yeah. what you're asking, Naomi, is the photographs well, capture. Photographs, you said films. So. Oh, sorry, was it film? Films you're or photographs? Oh, but, uh, it's quite different. Okay, well, tell <laughs> tell us about the difference. Can can you speak oh. to the difference between a still photograph, oh, photograph yeah. a moving image, and a sound recording? Um, I had to think about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean. Um, I think a sound recording and, and, and filming, I mean, you're capturing a, a durational thing, so you're capturing something over time, whereas a photograph, you're capturing a, a moment, and that moment is, a, is, is something that, you, that the photograph captures, and I think we never actually capture moments ourselves as human beings, so it's slightly weird where photographs, because we are, in a sense, we can only kind of come back to a photograph, that moment in, when you view a photograph, retrospectively and try and sort of play out some space around it uh, what it might have been capturing but it was just it's almost a paradox where a photograph captures i believe a time that we never really experienced because death. Uh, well you say death but yeah. um i don't know i don't i don't see it in those well, the terms moment has however died. However, I do, I do see, I think we were discussing this before, like the, the image, you know, the, the music, uh, sound and, and the moving image is certainly life. So, uh, it's, so perhaps by, <laughs> if we want to be kind of oppositional about it, maybe the photograph is death. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I think about still and moving image as being quite related, yet recording of sound to be another species of activity? Well, what I think sound does is it actually sonifies time. And mm. so there's not, you know, so it actually 
makes time materially present and because time is this weird thing that is only kind of buried in you know moving images and so I think sound is very interesting like especially when you apply a sound that might not be relating directly to the image you can certainly create some interesting manipulations of uh, of time so uh, and I think it's an extremely powerful and uh, tool and most people use it quite intuitively and don't realize that they're actually being quite sophisticated about it when they are using it um, so um, it's just that we are not inclined to read sound in that way. We just kind of uh, stay in within its duration and kind of enjoy. Um, it kind of, yeah, it sort of enables you to be, ex it, 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 it causes you to be expressive when you hear sound. I would say that a lot of what we do in editing is trying to, play out time in different ways at different times throughout the project. And that piece that we just showed you a little clip of is a, is a very good example in a way because there are moments where there's this rush of acceleration of a lot of short shots, uh, fast cutting in time, and then we will change to a space where time plays out in a more correct duration. And so in in, in that piece and in some other pieces we've done there's this kind of acceleration and deceleration that that constantly play off each other and that kind of excites us as makers uh, uh, in a way that that we're not necessarily viewing what we've taken or we're not representing what we've taken from the real world in a kind of a, a correct you know one second equals one second um, sort of way mm. Yeah, Do we, would anyone like to join in and ask question or comment? We'd be, I thought you might have interrupted us earlier. We're waiting to be interrupted. No. Yes, a gentleman. Kerry. Kerry. <laughs> yes. It's on, it's on. It's on the sound. Um, I got here halfway through, so I've probably missed quite a bit. But I was very interested in the in the the, um, the, the connection possibly between Russian well the the uh, investigation that you you were making with with some of the uh, was it Zalm Zalm yeah. yeah and uh, and then the this this like because it's my understanding that the the part of the Soviet project was to kind of uh, strip down or like make make a, um, a kind of integrated human subject with the machine age like it's actually the the idea of scientific socialism is sort of one of of uh, sort of extracting all of the all the unnecessary components of um, of civilization to that point to make a very efficient kind of uh, integratable human subject that is actually blended in with the um, the kind of this this kind of machine age and um, yeah, I'm kind of interested at t to know whether or not it does the, what is the role of the artist in that, and is that is that the kind of the idea of the artist stripping away using all these techniques, whether it be techniques of sound, photograph, death, you know, using using you know photography to actually as a death mask to kind of freeze the image, sort of um to to kind of strip away and peel away, you know, cult the culture, the accretion of culture to this point, is that the sort of the in a way, can you could you look at that as being the role of art in the 20th century is to achieve the, the integration of the human subject into a, 
integrated <laughs> machinic sort of uh, assemblage? Is that kind of... Yeah, I wasn't sure whether that question was relating to Russia or to the world in general, but probably... No, it's relating to, <laughs> no, it's relating to, in a way, it's relating to Russia as a, 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 um, a beta test on how to do it. And then how, I mean, and this might relate to the idea of, well, you know, did the, did the fall of the Berlin Wall, is that the, was that communism actually failing or was it just that it went sort of, you know, it's cybernetic and, you know, it's like the World Wide Web is sort of now the global sort of, you know. If I can, if I can just um, answer that by saying it's interesting that Zaum happened before communism took hold in Russia. So it was, it was connected more to, you know, early early, um, you know, desire to, you know, see what the machine age might bring on. And uh, what happened once the Russian Revolution took hold is that a lot of art that that was progressive and avant-garde got quashed, you know, in so many different ways. And so a lot of that early enthusiasm to integrate the man with the machine. You know, a lot of Eisenstein's films are, you know, very very much like that. Um, you know, a lot of that desire got sidetracked into, yeah, just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can start off on talking about... Social collect documentary, collect Collectivism <laughs> and all that. It's interesting, if, if I could just answer by saying that there's a little sequence, I'm not sure whether you saw which was a film called The Old and the New that we used in Zalm Tractor that's an Eisenstein film. And, and it's, it's about the coming of the tractor. And uh, there's a whole sequence uh, trying to get the tractor started. So there's a, you know, there's a machine that's about to start. And, and you know, there's, there's a great hurrah once it gets started and it's noisy and the horses react. And it's supposed to you know, bring on this, this idea of... Um, Ease and you know so suddenly uh, the, the the farms can you know flourish and progress. But what happened was you know famine. You know <laughs> like because what happened with um, the the tractor in this film is is the tractor was pushing over all the the fences and collectivization was came together. I don't know. I, I actually don't know how to answer well, your question being, <laughs> because I know it's a lot bigger than that. Being a vitalist, I'd say that <laughs> uh, that uh, the art sort of happens before that. Uh, you know, I, I think art happens and then the machine kind of follows it. Um, I would say, and um, and it's a dangerous thing because um, that's which is why Zaum was um, kind of suppressed and uh, well, the, sec the First World War happened as well, and a whole lot of kind of. Um, uh, and communism happened, and uh, a lot of people left uh, the collective, collectivist Russia. Um, a lot of the uh, the artists, because they, you know, they could no longer function. So, uh, I, I think though, uh, so art remains slightly un, uh, dan dangerous for the the broader society. I mean, I'm just telling you, you know this anyway, but the thing is, uh, which is why, you know, reduction in funding and um, suppressing artists as in, you know, uh, ex their expression is kind of a desirable thing by governments, why they uh, wind things down. But, the, the, but what is interesting is I think ultimately this is the only job that people will be left with. We'll all have to become artists because um, it's a, it is a fabulous way of engaging with the world and seeing the world. Uh, and it is an occupation that you could, that um, uh, that we can all kind of aspire to, and 
and and become um, that um, uh, the, the alternative is, uh, I guess, you know, doing security or working for H&R or something. I'm a vitalist too, and I'm worried about everyone's vital energy um, uh, uh, slowing down too much because it's getting very cold. Um, working with David and Sonia has been very exciting indeed. It is miraculous work. Um, it has Bringing been the religion into it. It has been. Oh yeah, yes. The artist is doing something that is more than the sum of the parts. Absolutely. Um, it was very audacious and a little bit possibly rude and a bit mad to put um, Sonia and David alongside the work of Walker Evans. Um, and I, there's quite a lot to be said about how still images take in time, but we have run out of time. Um, I hope that you come and see Sonia and David's work. I hope you come tomorrow. It might be sunny and gorgeous for um, Annabelle's next program. <coughs> And uh, I thank you very much for being uh, a beautiful audience to look at. Yeah, thanks for coming along. Mm -hmm.